Welcome to Contrived and Insufferable, the only podcast that is an anagram of clever, bad fountain friends. Uh, that, <laughs> <laughs> that intro was written by Roxanne Hall on Twitter. Legend! Ro- ro- legend, Brighton Improv Legend, uh, Roxanne Hall, uh, at RoxWBK on Twitter. Thank you for that. Um, I didn't I didn't know, I hadn't even explored anagrams. Um, oh. they, Simon's um, falling behind. Yeah, Simon, come on Simon, pick it up. Or anyone else, in fact. Uh, if you want to hear your intro read out on the podcast, uh, tweet us at ContrivedPod using hashtag intro um, in the format, welcome to Contrived and Insufferable, the only podcast, dot, dot, dot. You get it. You, you understand. Listen to a few of the episodes, you'll pick it up pretty fast. Yeah, you'll get it. Um, I'm here, my name is Sam Ray, I'm the host of this, and my co-host is Annie Harris. Hello. That was a very Australian hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi. This is an extremely international episode. Yep. And we're starting with uh, random accents from from the co-host. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How no, are you? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I overthought it. I overthought it. Sorry. It went, it went off the road a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm not too bad, but how are you? You oh, all right? That's better. Yeah. Every now and then, Annie's Welsh accent comes through in a yeah. sentence. There'll be like slips out. There'll be a little bit of. Welsh Welshality, yeah, to it. Welshness, Welsh, Welsh, and Welshiality. I like that. <laughs> and uh, my first guest is returning guest Debbie Bridge. Oh, shall I do an English accent? Will that work? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry guys. How are you doing, Debbie? How, it's been a been a few months since we saw you. Yeah, Things I did a show well? since then. Yeah, or two. How did it go? Yeah, it was it was good. It, both of them went well. Yeah, well, awesome. I enjoyed them. What do I care about anybody? Else? I like to attribute your success to our podcast entirely. Absolutely, <laughs> definitely, and because oh, I forgot to say this is Blossom. Blossom Blossom's is here. here. Again. She's uh, close to the mic, but do some good licking. Lick. <laughs> she just, just <laughs> side eyed Debbie so hard. She was like, <laughs> uh, Blossom is here. Our first non-human guest to appear on Contrived and Insufferable, and our first non-human returning guest. Return- yes, yeah. that's true. She's well breaking done. all kinds of records. Uh, Second guest today is Gillian English. Hello. International uh, theatre and comedy superstar. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I can do a variety of accents, but I don't want to offend anyone, so I'm going to keep, uh, it, keep it Nova Scotian over here, but that, um, that Australian whore, that hurt me. Sorry. I overthought it. I'm really good at Australian accents, she says, having just done that terrible one, but as soon as I overthought it, I was like, oh. See, I, I live in Australia, and... Um, <laughs> Well, they I were up watching Neighbours, okay. Oh, totes. <laughs> well, they, they were really rough on me for the first three years, and yeah. it took a, took three years for me to do an accent that in the middle of my shows I went, "Oh my, that was great!" <laughs> yes, <laughs> thank you. I'm working on assimilating. It's, it's important. They're amazing. they're racist. I did a, I did a sketch once called Kate Blatch. Kate Blatchett wants to be my friend on Facebook, and I played a receptionist at a building site, and Kate Blatchett was just turning up. And asking to be people's friends. Um, Kate Blanchett? Blanch, Blanch, Blanch. Oh, God. Blanchett. So this, this is the part. Okay. So the, this, this, the, the part of the sketch is that none of us could remember what we're like. Yeah, it's, she's called Kate Blanchett. 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 Yeah. Um, Blanchett. Thank you. I've even. I've it's worked, like bland and it's shit together. Yeah. I've she's worked. so good. She is so good. I worked on. Yeah, it does I worked on um, Cinderella, which she, when she played the uh, evil. Uh, stepmother and she just used to sort of skulk around the set in character I was like what? yeah she was amazing what were you doing? I was in the ball I was a guest at the ball so I got dressed up for three weeks at Pinewood and just watched her skulk around in like this massive green finery it was 
Oh, it was incredible. It was like That's one of the best cool. three weeks of my life. That's so cool. <laughs> Pay well, for that computer over there. Oh, <laughs> I was an extra yeah. in Pixels, so. Oh, oh, yes. Never mind. Whatever. We've I'm, all done terrible things, but. I know. I'm not proud. I've never actually watched it. I can't. I, like I don't know if it'd be better if I'm in it or if I got cut. I've watched Cinderella a thousand times. I like Just the bit where, <laughs> where Cubert turns into a sexy lady and has sex with a human and and everyone's like, that's fine. Again, I haven't watched the I'm, film. I'm fine with this. I haven't watched it. You shouldn't. When I first, I'm not going to. Then. I told my parents I was in it. My dad was going around telling everyone I was starring in the new Adam Sandler movie, and I was like, "Shh, <laughs> Shh Daddy, no, no, not the same thing. I'm a tree." <laughs> no, I had. I was. I was supposed to be background, and then I was like featured background, mm, and then I, That's how I got bumped up through the ranks in Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, and then I got. Um, I I fit the costumes because it was like military stuff and it was all for dudes and I was like well I'm big gimme and it fit <laughs> and so then I ended up having a, a character name I think it was it was Colonel Johnson or something is that what makes you featured did you get a name yeah mm. but I honestly I like I can't bear to watch it and we I, I was, might watch it now yeah I was watching not watching I was working on a, a commercial for Telus which is like a, a um, yeah. telecommunications company in Canada and the film industry there is so like it's big but it's small so everyone working on that commercial had also somehow been involved in pixels and we I know you yeah the, the reviews came out and we all gathered around read it and just um, went on our IMDb's and took it off yep um, yeah yeah oh dear just like, I, would, I would rather be known for this Telus yes. commercial when I worked on Cinderella, it was work. like 400, 500 girls, you know, dancers, uh, ball guests, princesses, whatever. And then for about two years afterwards, when I'd be going to like parties with like other actors, comedians, that sort of thing, I'd be like, I know you, but I don't know where from. And every single time without fail, it was, it was Cinderella. Cinderella. Yeah, Cinderella. because um, obviously we all had like these kind of like crazy hairdos and like mad makeup and these massive dresses. So to just see each other sort of au naturel in like jeans and a t-shirt was like, I don't know where I know you from. I have mm. no idea. And I was like, did you work on Cinderella? She was like, yes, I was like she's like oh my god were you pink dress girl i was like yes were you green dress girl she's like yes like Aww. made of some very weird conversations at parties where everyone was just like mm-hmm, okay cool we're not part of this yeah oh, that's cool. you were the so in crowd yeah we were the pink dress people yeah right she's not settling that's so nice. today you is still got the dress a very <laughs> uh, i haven't got the dress no i had to give it back oh. i've got Damn. pictures of me in the dress i oh, know you showed me the clip i had to um, <gasps> how did you do that uh Still, yeah, took pictures on set that we weren't allowed to release yeah, until okay. the film came out. <laughs> oh, also they let you though. Okay. Yeah, they let us take pictures uh, in the in the in the dressing room, it but feels, then we weren't allowed to put them out. It feels like saying "don't take pictures" is a less enforceable policy than "take pictures but don't release them until this date." Yeah, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. You, people are going to take pictures; it doesn't yeah. matter. But if you say, uh, "Surely," I mean, I don't really know sure. anything, but mm. yeah. when we uh, were filming, we were like in full like working corsetry and that sort of stuff so we had to <laughs> look at your little face <laughs> and uh, I remember when I got I got fitted they were like you know pulling super tight and then towards the end of the filming obviously when you're doing night shoots all the time they just fill you with like cake and biscuits and like all like sugar like fast sugar so you're just like zinged for the when you go on set and then you crash yeah and uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then by the end of the recording my, my dressing lady was like trying to pull me into my corset like oof <laughs> like trying to get like it was I put on at least a little a stone. bit tight yeah little little bit tight um, Princess needs a cushion. Ah, oh. oh, Blossom, she's so cute. Um, today's a really special episode today because we have two Canadians. Double Canadian. Yeah. Double Ooh. Canada. And from both coasts, too. Yeah, yeah. and living in different countries yeah. and, and living with uh, Antipodeans. Yeah. What? What? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so that's it. The, 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 the and Canadian. having dogs. 
the type for Canadians is Antipodeans. Is it? Yeah. You just, yeah, yeah. You will leave Canada and go, I'm going to find me. An somebody Antipodean. completely opposite. Somebody with a <laughs> southern Give it to me upside down. No, it's, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man kissing. When I met my husband, it made complete sense because we're, we're nations between nations. Mm. So Australia, well, you live in Australia. I live, yeah. mine's a Kiwi. So um, my husband, mine. Mine. <laughs> my mine. Um, anyway, so I was thinking when I was looking for somebody, he had to either be an expat Canadian or Kiwi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know any at the time. So, because I wanted that feeling of not being quite big enough, but attached to big nations. Yeah, <laughs> well, I live in Tasmania. My boyfriend is Tasmanian, and yeah. uh, we get left off the map a lot. Like, if you show a map of Australia, they just don't <laughs> include Tasmania. Wow, rude. Or, exactly, it is very rude. Or uh, mainlanders will be like, oh, mate, we bloody miss you. Why'd you have to go and leave Australia? I'm like, I didn't. I moved to Tasmania. And they're like, oh, no, mate. No, nah, it's not real Australia. <laughs> Tassie's not Australia. And I'm like, oh. It's better. I reckon it is. Uh, and then, if of course. Not, what is it? <laughs> yeah, and then there's the the friggin' bumpkins I went to high school with. They're bogans. Like, well, the, uh. the bogans in Australia, uh, <laughs> we would call them a redneck and or bumpkin in Canada. Um, that's a chav for the for yeah. the locals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but they like I, I went home and they're like. Jeez, we thought you were living in Australia. Why on earth did you move to Africa? Because I live in Tasmania. And they thought it was Tanzania. Yes, they do. Amazing. Wow. Yeah. When I was at university, I went to university (laughs) in... (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. I went to university. My first year was in a campus for my drama school that was in Reading. Um, And I moved from South Wales to Reading. And my mum came to visit me maybe like a month into my semester. And she went home and she was like, I'm going to go home now because I want to go and watch the rugby with our family. And I was like, okay, cool. So my friends in my dorm were all like, oh, your mum left? I was like, yeah. She was like, how long did it take her to get home? And I was like, mm, like, we literally live just over the border. So I was like, two and a half hours, maybe three hours. They were like, oh, that's really quick. That boat seems really, really fast. I was like, Wait, what? yeah, I know. And she, I was like, what? And she was like, yeah, like, doesn't she have to get on a boat? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> there's a bridge. No, there's a big bridge. Or you can just stay on the mainland and drive through Gloucestershire. She was like, oh, I thought you had to get on a boat to get to Wales. I was like, wow. Yeah. Is she thinking of Ireland? Yeah. Oh, wow. There are people who think Nova Scotia is legit an island. Oh. And they have to be like, no, New Brunswick's there. It's easy to forget. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a, just a joke. That's a Canadian joke. Canadian yeah. for, jokes. For the Canadians. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm not from that side, so it, doesn't, <laughs> it, it means nothing to me. Oh. So this, so this New Brunswick is, uh, means very little to love. <laughs> 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 ripping into New Brunswick. Ouch. It's a classic Nova Scotia-New Brunswick rivalry. Oh, yeah. Totally oh. Classic. Yeah, yeah. We have that. Classic. Only it's not much of a rivalry because we win so hard. Oh. oh. Oof. Damn. Real shade being Throwing down come, on New Brunswick. What? Come back. She's from uh, Vancouver. I'm from oh, Vancouver. Oh, I have no oh, comeback. Right. I have no comeback. Oh. I'm like, British what? Columbia on the, literally the I'm, other I'm, side of the country. I don't know. And we're the best because, you know, Vancouver. Oh. Sea sky. <laughs> <laughs> See? Now it'll start. Well, see, we can all agree that we hate Toronto. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Except the the... Raptors are in the uh, NBA Finals, which is very oh, exciting. So everyone, know. yeah, they just got in. So everyone's. I super can't imagine a place that. a cold blooded, cold blooded reptile would do worse than Toronto. Like, yeah, that's why. Why we found a fossil. We see. Oh, is that why? Yeah, we found a fossil. We, as if I was involved. You were there. Uh, <laughs> they <laughs> found teams. a fossil of a raptor right around when we got our NBA team. Okay, so cool. they're the Toronto Raptors. Right, fine. Uh, Drake is really on board. It. That's fine. Uh, so oh, this Drake's is an improv podcast where <laughs> here improv is the reason this thing exists um, and in the center of the table is a device that when struck 
makes that sound, the sound Ooh. of a bell. Uh, at any point during the conversation, anyone can hit the bell. Almost, <laughs> almost. It's like a floating, you, got, like, you got, like, quite hard. Yeah, there you go. Um, so it makes give the it sound work. according to how you strike it. So yes. you like to touch it, is, it. I tried to turn off the touch sensitivity, but it is not a feature on this device, unfortunately. Oh. Um, uh, at any point, anyone can start a scene um, and initiate it, or or what has happened. What happened the other week? I started. I pressed the bell, and then someone else started the scene. It was great. Yes, <gasps> that was magical. That was. It was like it was such a perfect piece of, of mind cr- melding. Mind melding. Um, and then press the bell again to end the scene. Anyone can press the bell uh, during a scene to to edit. edit. Um, you don't have to end your own scenes. So if you're if you're doing if someone's doing save me eyes. Um, you can you can end the scene for them. <laughs> Wunderbar, help. Yep. So that's the rules. That's where we are. This is uh, this is contrived and insufferable. Where we where we talk and do improv. Is that a good catchphrase? Yeah, yeah. Where talk we talk and, and do. And do. It sounds it's a bit of a mouthful. Isn't when it? I went to uh, my chiropractor recently, I was telling he was like, "So what do you do?" And I was like, "Oh, my partner and I are comedians." And he was like, "What are you doing at the moment?" I was like, "Well, we're working on Brighton Fringe show, and also we run a podcast." And he's like, "Oh, great. What's it called?" And I was like, "It's called Contrived and Insufferable." And he was like, "Oh yeah, who's contrived and who's insufferable?" I was like, <laughs> "Get that. We get that a lot." Yeah, we do. And the answer is Sam is very insufferable. I'm extremely insufferable. <laughs> People have told me that a lot. But that makes really? me contrived, which yeah. I don't think I am. I don't think. That upsets you, me. You Maybe probably haven't spent enough time with me to, oh, yeah, to no, get there. Because <laughs> if we became really good friends, uh-huh. it, it would be a real like combination of me being incredibly annoying, um, but also a pretty good friend. Okay. Uh, yeah. But you, you'd vouch for that, wouldn't you? When we, How do you uh, be annoying? What do you do? When um, we first... Oh, when we first... <laughs> she'll tell you. When oh we first God. met, we did that whole, like, if your best friend could describe you in three words, what would they say? And Sam's first word was quiet loud. So it's like he's both quiet and loud at yeah, the same time. I am. Um, Sam is irritating in a myriad of ways. Um, <laughs> he just he likes to find any way he can be irritating. Yeah. He uh, makes a point out of being as contrary as he possibly can no, to I the don't. point where I <laughs> great to the point where I if I want him to do something I beg him not to do it and then he's like I'll fucking show you. <laughs> Sam passed his driving test successfully by his driving instructor telling him that he was a terrible driver and a boy racer and Sam was like oh yeah I'll fucking show you and drove like really sensibly like ten to two like checking all of his mirrors um so yeah that's uh, that's well that's just the ice- tip of the iceberg um when i need things doing uh or when i need some help with something um he chooses that moment to like hug and touch me you know when you're like cutting things with an extremely sharp knife and he starts like groping this kind of thing or um uh if i'm struggling with something through the door he'll just pick up his guitar and sing his song which is called i'm being helpful um it's just two chords repeated back and forth real fast and the song is i'm being helpful 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 and i'm like struggling with my huge keyboard you know coming in from teaching singing or whatever oh wow i would hit you oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm bad maybe in the after the break we can show the listeners the helpful song i'm, a, I'm an acquired taste i think we've had it on the podcast before have we I feel like we've had well the there's always song. time for a reprise yeah why not <laughs> yeah i'm quite annoying um because i want attention Oh, <laughs> we can send that to us and we can post oh. it on our social media. I need, it's a I need constant. I think we forget that this podcast isn't a visual no, art form. That's true. We're always like, ah, oh, look at that cute picture. Okay, moving on. Like, 
<laughs> and then that I forget a, to put them in the show notes. That was a picture of Blossom snuggled up on Debbie's lap and uh, her little little snoot with Sam in the background talking about how and annoying sort of he is. Wow. Wow. is. See, I was just yeah. thinking if my boyfriend does anything like that, no, he does not. It would make me insane. <laughs> well, See, I was thinking this is just like my husband. Oh, we were talking no. the other day. Without the guitar. <laughs> we were talking Thank the God. other day, Julian and I, and I said, sometimes if I can't do something or I can't manage something, I'll just emit a high-pitched pe- noise until Sam comes and does it for me. And Chilean was like, if locked it, if I did that, Locke would just like walk away from me. I was like, oh, <laughs> so lucky. I feel like they would be a little bit bad. <laughs> you fucking quit it like I don't I don't think he well, no I know he would not be on board yeah uh, if I'm struggling I'm always just like until Sam comes in and then he'll be like what's the matter and I'll be like oh yeah the dog <laughs> like a that's me bit me once so like it just he didn't mean to I had a stick he was coming for the stick got the like the edge of my um, skin like my cuticle where mm. it hits the nail on my thumb and it started bleeding quite a bit and we were at the dog beach and oh, Locke, you telling me this? Locke just kept walking and I was like ow <laughs> and he just kept walking and I went to the it was it was getting blood on my hand so I went to the ocean to try to rinse it off which great idea put salt in that well no it's, I'm more concerned about the sharks but anyway um, <laughs> oh yeah sure. yeah it was only a little bit so I but then all that did was make it run down my arm and I was just like Lachlan Ow! <laughs> he just turned around. He's like, "Oh, Bobby, being a bit bloody dramatic, don't you reckon?" And I was like, "Oh!" So we had to have a chat about empathy. <laughs> <laughs> also, Jillian's boyfriend is a paramedic, so yeah. like he's uh, seen. Right. Yeah, his his Far first worse. his first day of paramedicine school, he comes out and he's like, "Oh, Bob, they said that if we're empathetic, that we're uh, to tone that shit down." <laughs> So guess what? Oh, <laughs> like, I'm legally obliged to not give a shit about your boo boos. <laughs> well, Sam gives many shits. Just about don't my bring boo-boos. your work home, okay? <laughs> no, he's he's real good. He he knows it grosses me out. Like I can't oh. even look at his textbooks. It, so um, he tells me he tells me stuff, but then like. My um, my sister in law is far more interested in the gory stuff, so we'll be at Sunday dinner, and he's telling her things. I'm like, when, wait, when did that happen? I'm like, oh, I didn't tell you because I knew you'd hurl. I'm like, great. So you're just gonna tell Nat over dinner right yeah, in front yeah. of me. One of my friends is a midwife, and we have a, a little game that whenever we hang out with her, we set a timer to see how long it takes her to mention a gory birth situation. Oh, nice. And we've been in pubs before. It's like, I got six minutes. Anyone got six minutes? It's like, yep, yeah, I got six minutes. Brilliant. It'll be like, oh yeah, and then I was just like picking up this placenta off the floor and it's like mm, 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 mm. no have you seen one i have seen a placenta yeah i haven't we so saw I have a no placenta. image of that we saw a sheep placenta the other day we saw a lot of sheep placentas. we did yeah we went to well, i've seen a cow placenta i was like no i haven't yes i have we we went to uh saddlescombe farm which is in the south downs near uh, near brighton and uh it was a lambing weekend um <laughs> go for it I don't know what I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> End of scene. You ring the bell with great power becomes great responsibility. I didn't realize what I had to do. Um, and I didn't do it right. Uh, that's okay. We forgive you. Um, what was I going to say? Oh yeah, we went and we were so one of the fields that they use for the sheep in the week was used as an overflow car park. So we were walking back to the car and there was just a huge blob of placenta on the mm. floor. It was like, a birth happened here. Re- and it was like fresh. I was like, that happened here recently. Like my, this my sounds mom, cool to me. It is yeah, cool. It was my, like a little alien brain. My mum was a midwife. Um, and when I was at primary school, I think it was a year. She's s- retired. She's not dead. I just want to let you know. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. She stopped being a midwife. Uh, yeah. Anyway. She's a um, retired She midwife. brought in a human placenta for the class to see. Um, 
just fresh. Oh, yeah, f- that's my mother-in-law. Oh, right. there you go. She was like. Hey, hey, kids! Look at this. It's a placenta. And people cook and need it. Um, and it was cool. And occasionally, I'll meet people I went to school with, and they're like, "Do you remember that time somebody's mum brought in a placenta?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that was my mum. That was my mum." <laughs> Wait, is it quest, question time? Yeah. Isn't eating a bit of a placenta? Is that not a touch cannibalistic? Yeah. Yeah, but, but they yeah, do, 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 do it. Yeah. No, I know. Um, and that's, <laughs> that's their choice. And eating themselves, yes. Ooh. I guess like eat, we have very different approaches to eating, to to ingesting our own. Like you wouldn't think of like if you were bleeding, licking it up, yeah, getting, getting rid of it that way. That wouldn't. I you have wouldn't dogs. think twice about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. I, well, yeah. I feel like if your fingy's bleeding or something. Yeah, fingy. <laughs> <That's> so cute. <laughs> I'm adorable. I'm adorable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just. I'm disconcerted by the um, the placenta eating. Yeah, the the nom noms. Oh, welcome, welcome to my restaurant, sweetheart. Oh, oh this is the only restaurant that serves exclusively human meat. Thanks for having us. It's so nice to be here. You seem like a normal person. What can I get you? Can I sit down and have a little drink? Yes. Human blood. I would no. I think I'll go for bile today. Oh, bile! Make a choice, man. Oh, and we delicious. got we got a 2017 bile. That's uh, Oh, I love it. Is, it. is there one that's a bit older? Oh, yes, we got 2015. Oh, lovely. Oh, this is my wife. She looks very, very sad about this. But She I looks very I'd, unhappy, I'd, yes. I thought I'd bring her along because she, she needs to get her head around it. Look, Ro, i got a lot of problems <laughs> about the nature of this establishment. <laughs> Not on board, all right? It's okay, lovely. It's all right. She's, she's, she's Antipodean. They're oh, a little bit sensitive. No, I understand. How about we start you off with some toenail clippings and oh, saliva? delicious. Oh, Ricky, this is bloody gross. Hamish, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hippie. <laughs> Why did we all have incredibly high-pitched voices? I don't know. I what world I, is that? Every yes, time, I, every time I'm doing the editing, every time um, I'm doing the editing, I listen back to my scenes. I'm like, you have two voices, Sam. Yeah. You have your own voice and a posh guy. Yeah. Oh, oh this is your your <laughs> yeah. extending. And your I'm like, rep- you, need, you need to do something else. Anything. <laughs> So, I, I tried. Oh, the seagulls. Oh, I had, oh hello. I had a thought. Now I can't remember what it was. I, Something about the blood drink. I used to date a girl uh, from Venezuela, and I once said I was. I said like, oh, I was going to tell you something, but I forgot what it was, and she was like, "It's because you're going to tell a lie." Like <laughs> dead into my eyes, I was like, "Jesus fuck!" But perhaps like like real Latina thing or Latin. Thing. Oh, I used to. I used to bone a Venezuelan, um, <laughs> and he referred to his wiener as his pipi. <laughs> Oh, he's like, are you ready for my pipi? Oh, <laughs> and I had this reaction. I was like, ah, no, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to put that away. <laughs> 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 he also told me I have an autoimmune disorder because somewhere deep in my brain I must hate myself, and I was like. <laughs> We have different ideas about what <laughs> being a casual hookup is. I think this is going to have to end. <laughs> I wow. need you to take your pee-pee and go. <laughs> now, that's an interesting uh, way of attracting women or men. He's real good looking. You though. hate yourself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he legit was like, 
you have an autoimmune disorder because you must hate yourself. Maybe if you had more introspection and went to therapy and I was like... Because of a one-night stand. Wait. No, no, no. We had multiple stands. Okay. Casual it was, hookups. It was, um, Casual, casual you know, hookups. He was, he was just there. But, like, he, he legit... <laughs> Trust me. I feel thought, that. He thought... He, he thought that that was what was happening. I was like, so you think somehow I hate myself and that makes my thyroid lazy. And he was like, mm-hmm, that's how, that's how it works. I'm like, oh, baby, that's not science. That's no, not that's how that bad. works. So I, I, I thought he was a quite, I thought it was like a metaphor. Like he was saying, no, he was literally saying. No, he legit thought right. that some, something in my brain was working against myself. I was like, okay. but my mom has an autoimmune disorder. He's like, well, has she ever gone to therapy? And oh I was God. like, oh, you need to step back. Yeah, get away. I yeah. Do. Jesus Christ. Good looking though. We went to, uh, we were, I was. <laughs> dumb, as, but dumb as rocks. Dumb as <laughs> We went to a, a gig last I was performing in a gig last night and I will keep this vague for, for privacy but we went to a gig last night that I was involved in and one of the other participants of that gig was somebody I'd had terrible sex with about a year ago um, and Sam uh, didn't I didn't tell Sam until afterwards but then after we left I was like it was that guy he was like oh shit oh <laughs> so that was really satisfying also the uh, other participant that I'd had terrible sex with was really bad he was the- fucking terrible thank you <laughs> he was Oof. fucking terrible like- this is game. before I knew in bed yeah and fucking terrible in bed yeah um, so it was Bad. very satisfying to walk up to him and shake his hand look him dead in the eyes and say you fucking suck Woo! Yeah. he was terrible yeah see that's the good thing for me about living in Tasmania because the only person I've boned there is my boyfriend of two years but because he is from there uh, and has lived there pretty much his whole life like right. he, he spent it's been a bit of time in other places but for the most part Tasmania mm-hmm. um, like if we're going to the grocery store and so a really pretty girl is like oh hey hey Lucky how are you and she goes away I'm like you mm. bone her <laughs> he's like mm-hmm I was like and he's like and one of my brothers too it's just like <laughs> it's a small island Taz okay? is not that big there's a no. lot of overlap and so mm. um, yeah mm. just just the one for me though although if uh <laughs> Annie, um, yes, babe. Before we go into this cafe, yeah, um, <laughs> mm-hmm. the special cafe. This special. There's just one thing that the. Oh, I've, I've wanted to go in here for ages. Their brownies look amazing. They are. They're very good. The only thing is that all the staff and customers are my ex girlfriends. Oh, okay, right. All of them. Oh, hang. Every single one. Every of them. single one. Everyone who has worked here or who goes here. So you need to get a job there. Here's, oh. here's one of them. Oh, hello. <laughs> yes. Hi. I'm the manager. Hi. Hi. Nice Hi. to meet you. It's so good to meet you. Welcome to the clan. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, can I just get a brownie and a latte to go, please? You oh, do no. realize what's in those brownies. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not they're very really special. Sure. I mean, you might have to be more specific. They're, they're only made for insufferable people like Sam, you see. Yeah. Oh, they have this, very special. Is it something you know, in these brownies that I may have ingested before? You know the... Depends if you've come. <laughs> <laughs> and seen. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, there, there are some, uh, some places uh, we can't, we can't go. <laughs> and, uh, but, some, but sometimes, well, I mean, I should wonder: do, do I trust and believe him? Uh, he's like, no, we can't go in there because she thinks I look like my brother. He does look a lot like his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so sometimes they get mistaken for each other. And oh, it's like, we've, we've tried to tell her multiple times that it was, you know, the other one. And I'm like, yeah, maybe his both were mean to her at one point, yeah. you know? And he's like, oh. Or, oh, or he can like, he can tailor his experience of 
the town by just going yeah no my, my ex-girlfriend goes there we, we shouldn't go there and mm-hmm. he's just because he doesn't like it so yeah. it's actually like a restaurant that you you would probably like but he doesn't like so god love like, him it's never been an ex-girlfriend it's oh. been we just shouldn't go there <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah Tasmania beautiful place open love I want to oh, visit there Sam and I are planning to visit the Antipodes generally mm-hmm. for our yeah. honeymoon Australasia Australasia um, nice um, yeah because Sam's fam- Sam's paternal family all live in New Zealand mm-hmm. so so he has that sweet New Zealand citizenship which yep. is going to probably help us out quite a lot at some point well when the UK yeah. literally sinks into the ocean yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure I'm going to live <laughs> on a fucking high mountain in New Zealand and yeah. just never talk to anyone ever again it's uh, very rainy not- it's so gorgeous there though mm, if is. I'd gone palm to, trees yeah if I'd gone to New Zealand before I went to Australia probably wouldn't have made it to Australia um, it's so gorgeous I love their accents I used to date um, a girl from uh, New Zealand really? and yeah. my husband's is stunning well because it was just voted the number one most sexy accent in the world well there you go which really oh. made the Australians angry oh. yeah, well, sorry theirs is not as sexy oh, every uh, well I just <laughs> <laughs> well, well, of course I? you <laughs> yeah yeah you want some fashion chops <laughs> order number six the first day I went to Wellington the first time I went to New Zealand I was just like their accent's not that different and then I heard them talking and I was like oh where am I <laughs> it's like Sam told me Ooh. that there's like many different vowel sounds in the yeah. Kiwi so dialect English has about 20 vowel sounds and New Zealand English has about 35 or 40 yeah and they sound very similar to English to the rest of the world English speakers um, but there's, I mean, there's lots of sound that are unique to to dialects. But yeah, it, yeah. It, it does mean that we, it does every vowel sounds the same to a lot that's, of other English that's, speakers. That's the like, trick, though. Yeah. Like when, because when I was doing, when I was sorry, when I was in theatre school, I could do a really great um, British accent, but Australian I couldn't even try because there's mm-hmm. so many diphthongs, so many triphthongs, I couldn't wrap my brain around it. And then I started playing Aussie rules football, and then I moved to Australia, and so now I think my Australian is quite good. But if I want to do a British accent, I legit have to stop and think about it yeah. so that it doesn't ah, come out. Sounding um, Aussie. That's yeah. so interesting. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, there's, there's I'd love a, to hear you do a British accent. Like, I've never heard you even try. Go. You have to give me a second for me to go, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Of course it's Mr. Darcy. That's your, that's your, t- your phrase. You're like... Started. <laughs> um, well, yes, I, I could probably do... Uh, I could do this for the rest of the of the show if you oh want my god oh, that's really good so good thank you so much that's, I did my masters at Lambda that's oh very uh, like Anne Hathaway um, yeah. Charlotte Gainsbourg kind of yeah Pride and Prejudice yeah wow that's really impressive thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> that's so fun my Welsh yeah my Welsh slips out quite a lot in conversation when I'm not like when I'm not thinking about things so like if I'm just ram- like rambling to myself or like oh we need to go and do this or like just chatting away to myself it'll always slip out um, or if I'm tired as well if I'm too tired then it mm-hmm. slips oh, out oh my Nova Scotia comes out real thick if I am angry or tired mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm tired angry so weird. or if I talk to my parents oh, even if, if I'm talking about home it's so sort of like if I talk to my parents oh someone just got real east coast <laughs> Ta- I, don't, I don't sound like me anymore I've been here too long. 20 really? years. Over 20 years. I don't sound like a bc Well, see, mm. people think I have an Australian accent now, which I find deeply hurtful. Really? Um, you yeah. Don't. What? Oh, I know I don't. <laughs> but, um, 
I had this producer. I was at the Edinburgh Fringe at the Adelaide Fringe Party yeah. last year, and I was talking to a friend of mine from Adelaide, and this producer from Toronto, who thinks he's hot shit, um, comes up and didn't realize that I know the person I'm talking to, and buddy, I live in Australia. And we're at the Adelaide Fringe Party, so what do you think you're doing? Anyway, so he comes up to me, and he's like, <laughs> just so you know, that's not what a Canadian sounds like. And I was like, excuse you? <laughs> and he was. He said to this woman I was talking to, he's like, she doesn't sound like a Canadian. She has such a thick Australian accent now. What? And my friend was like, Mike, no. Because um, I was like, who did you think I was talking to, buddy? And he was like, look, you're not Canadian anymore. You shouldn't even call yourself a Canadian artist <gasps> anymore. You left. And I was like, well, tell that to wow. my passport, bud. Yeah. You really get aggressive people. That's some real shit. <laughs> There's behavior. something um, intensely aggressive about me. Um, <laughs> Maybe it was that army outfit in it's, that uh, film. Well, no, it's it's my intense aggression and rage, uh, and it tends to get certain people. Love you're back touching up. your shoulders in this as well. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm, I'm very broad, fierce shoulders. I'm, I'm making my fingers into epaulets. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, there's uh, yeah, people. People try to come for me, I but for uh, yeah, oh. <laughs> I'm ready. Jillian uh, is staying with us um, briefly over the over the fringe period. And when you when we first met. Um, you come to the house and Annie had said I think I misunderstood and she said I thought you were Australian yeah <gasps> and so when I opened the door to you and a very non-Australian accent came out I was like wait <laughs> is this the right person what it's just <laughs> right a woman that's it must knocked be. on our door she's got the same name and she knows Annie yeah. And she's if she has invented this story about staying here, then That's impressive. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're the most amazing con artist I've ever met. Um, <laughs> no, I just yeah, people people think I have an Australian accent, especially when I go home to Canada, people are like, Oh, aren't we Australian now? I'm like, yeah. just because you've been no. there. I get that too. People are like, Oh, you sound British. I'm like, No, no you really I don't. don't. No. no. I've I've had people because my dad's from New Zealand, so um, and I've had a couple of people a few times say, oh, that makes your accent make sense. And I'm like, what? What, <laughs> what my London accent? My very clearly... Born and raised South East London. Estuary accent. Is, mm-hmm. And they're like, no, I heard. I definitely heard some, like, I thought you might be Australian or something. Yeah, people yeah. people legit think, and it happens a lot. Um, when I was in Edinburgh last year, people were just like, oh, Australian? I'm like, no. Yes, but no. But no. <laughs> See, I get American. Everybody says I'm American. Oh, I get yelled at for being yeah, I would American. Never, I would never make that mistake. People, no. people yell. I, I don't mind, actually, now. <laughs> do, but do they yell at you? No. See, I get the aggression. I get people yelling See, no, at me. I'm, I'm nice. I don't know why everybody thinks I'm the nicest American in existence that doesn't really exist. That's also known as Canadians, Annie, right? Yes. Jillian's been staying with us for a while. Yeah. Um, I really want to fight her. Yeah, I just something. I kind of want to fight her as well. About, that I felt that it. when I walked in the studio, I was like, "I've got to fight." I just her. really right. something about her just makes me want to, like, just be aggressive. And it's, the <laughs> it's the shoulders. It's the shoulders. Yeah, epaulets. it's those epaulets. Yeah, just, yeah. Like, How would you be upset if you know, I punched your friend? No, no. I mean, sure. Me too. Like, punch, punch my friend <laughs> Look, inexplicably. Yous are welcome to try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's why I would no. I wouldn't dare do that. <laughs> all jokes aside, Jillian has been the most amazing house guest. We were oh, talking about the other yes, day, like the most oh, amazing house guest ever. Just so quiet and like keeps to herself. And like I was like, you know, like the house is yours. You're like, because I know what it's like to be. Oh, I said the other day, I know it to Jillian. I was like, I know what it's like to be abroad. And Sam was like, I think they prefer the term women. I was like, very good, Sam. Very <laughs> clever. <laughs> like I know what it's like to be abroad and just kind of like have you know have a shit time and be like fucking miles away and just on your own. So I was like, yeah, like come here. You're safe here this is your base camp like chill out this is your home 
And ever since then, you've just Thank been like you. very self-contained and just like, I'm just going to like order pizza and like occasionally make a grilled cheese. And like, I was like, here, have Twice a tea. I've ordered pizza. I need to make that really clear. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you're, just, you're such a good house guest and well, a lovely you. roomie. Thank like, you so much. It means the world to me because I've just, um, I've been on tour for 17 weeks now God. and I am so tired. I bet you are. And it, it hasn't been like an easy 17 weeks. I've done 12 festivals in these 17 weeks and there's been a lot of like personal upheaval and I've lost like 13 kilos and I'm just so tired. Aww. Oh my God. <laughs> so I want to go home and just be with your dog on the beach and your oh, boyfriend. And just when do like, you head back? Um, I start I start heading back on Thursday. Oh, okay. So I'll have to... I'm going to get my favorite snack foods on Thursday. That's my plan. Because um, uh, it's a long-ass flight, and I don't really like plain food, so I, I try to stock up yeah. a lot before I go. And then I'll head into London, meet up with my producer, um, give her leftover flyers from this festival so that mm-hmm. she can put stickers on them for the stuff I'm doing in seven weeks when I come back. Sick. Oh, wow. Six weeks now. Oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> um, oh, oh my. no. Uh, and I'm going to give her my She-Wolf costume and props so that I don't drag them back and forth across the world. Sure. And then, yeah, then head to the airport. Then I fly London to Hong Kong, Hong Kong to Melbourne, Melbourne to Hobart. So I should be back in my bed uh, and I want to be in bed as unclothed as possible eating pizza by noon <laughs> <laughs> your flight gets in at like 10 o'clock in the morning yeah yeah so I'm just like that's the plan and that's it's, good it's goal. our anniversary as well and I'm Aww. just like I love you very much but can we just do absolutely nothing he's like oh yeah I reckon we can we can manage that and I'm like yeah <laughs> Yeah, oh. I just want to go home. <laughs> Have you seen, I was just, uh, not to detract from that lovely story you just told, but just look at Blossom's face right now. That's adorable. So nobody else can see it. She's no. so cute. She's like sort of just sleeping with her little snoot rested on Debbie's hand and she's like closing her eyes and, this, and like her little ears are like, oh, she's so cute. She is cute. And on that cute note, we'll take a short break. Welcome back to Contrived and Insufferable. I'm your host, Sam Ray. I'm here with Annie Harris, my co-host. Hello. No. Hello. Normal, please. Hello. Normal source. Uh, hi. <laughs> I'm here with Debbie Ridge. Hello. Oh, good. <laughs> and I'm here with Gillian English. What up? <laughs> Gillian Australian, am I right? Woo. No. <laughs> this is like when I would be in French class and they're like, it's French class, so your name's not Gillian English, it's Gillian Anglaise. And I was like, I no, will that's not, rip. That's not how proper nouns work. I idiots. will rip your throat out. Gillian <laughs> Anglaise. That's my sister is a French teacher and, and her Instagram handle is Mademoiselle Anglaise. So good. Yeah. <laughs> good for her. Congratulations, Mademoiselle. Made me Felicitation, crazy. Felicitation, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I completely forgot the word for bitch in French. Put. No, it's not put. And it's a uh, putain. Putain, yes. Yeah, I, think, I think that's whore, though. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, know I know in Spanish. Same in Spanish. It's perra is the female, a female dog, or hijo, hijo de puta is son of a bitch, which is my favorite one. 
that's good. A lot of Spanish insults revolve around pubic hairs, which I really enjoy. They've got it's a lot of fun. They've also yeah. got a real like good sound. They sound on, like insults. Like shit on things. Like mi cajo en tus padres. It's like I shit on your parents. Pendejo. Or mi cajo en tus ancestros. Like I shit on your ancestors. Wow, that sounds good coming out of you. Thanks, babe. She's got yeah, great accent, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. See, I am good at accents. <laughs> when I was a kid, I did French, Spanish and Welsh at school because I grew up in, in Wales and we had to learn Welsh by law until we were 16. And uh, my Welsh accent was, sorry, my Welsh accent, so I spoke with a Welsh accent, but my Welsh accent when speaking Welsh was terrible. But then inexplicably was an amazing, it was amazing at French and Spanish accents. And my high school teachers were actually really upset that I decided to go and do drama at university because they were like, you could do so fucking well in languages. Oh, you pick up romantic languages so quickly. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I can speak French... I speak French and Spanish and then I speak um, tiny bit of Welsh and I would really like to learn either like Arabic or Mandarin like something like completely oh, well, yeah. off that would just... Farsi or something yeah like I think something you do free f- classes for Mandarin yeah I would love to do Britain. that it's like something that's like you, I say in inverted commas useful inverted commas sorry useful um, I think Arabic would be my yeah, favorite. Be I, did, I went to work in Calais over last Christmas, and um, a lot. I said, "Oh, that would be useful because I speak French and a bit of Spanish." And like, actually, no, like all of the languages. It's like Farsi, Arabic, Urdu, yeah. like kind of all like the African languages. It's not, sort of but it's not like you haven't used your language skills, have you? Like you lived in Spain and you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you went to Calais over Christmas and things. Yeah, no, I use my language, and I also I've nannied for foreign families in the UK, yeah. and they've because I've been a native speaking, a native English speaking person who can communicate in French or Spanish in an emergency to the children Hi I'm the new nanny Bonjour um, I speak f- French Oui and Spanish Très bien and Italian Muy bien So if you have any Italian children I can speak with them <laughs> I don't know why I'm inexplicably French and Spanish I'm just testing you That's fine So how are you with uh, washing up? Uh, terrible How are you with making cups of tea? Um, it's, that's the one where you just boil a load of bleach, right? Yeah, that's yep. the one And how are you with um, Children taking, Yeah, how are you with looking after my children while I go out and get drunk? As I said, I speak you when I come Spanish, <laughs> English and French and Italian So uh-huh. I don't think it really So how matters. are you with wiping arsehole? Uh, no. Mama, mama, oh, oui. j'ai fissuré un poupi dans mon derrière. Uh, c'est dans mon pain de non, mais non. Mama, mama. Uh, c'est pas un problème. Um, so Nettoyez-moi, child... nettoyez-moi. So the child, uh, what the child is saying is that she's done a big shit and she needs you to clean her. Okay. So well, she needs you... to say it in English. No, that's the point. So you speak French. No, so I would like I you can. to speak French no, to no, my no. child. No, 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 sorry. I, miss... I, I can, I don't. Okay. I refuse to. So, okay. So, but you just understood that my child's just on a massive shit. Oh, and mama, le, le poupou. Sticky on the bottom. Great. Beautiful. I speak French. <laughs> so I let the funky music do the talking. Uh, yeah. 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 Well, so nice Girls Aloud reference there. Girls Aloud? Every day should have a Girls Aloud reference. Yeah. I, I Sound of I the go, underground. I don't go through a day without thinking about Girls Aloud. And I was how in Primark it, the other day with our friend Beth and she was um, buying jeans for her partner because we are <laughs> women who what? live with their partners. He not buy his own clothes. jeans? Yeah, I know. I was like, fuck's sake, John. And she was looking at all the different labels. One was like low rise, high rise. She was like, fly by with the low rise. Can't stop. When I was like, oh my God, blue. Like, fuck, that is niche. I was like, I saw them. I went to see them live in Cardiff. She was like, I saw them at the Brian Day. 
So we had a little blue throwback in Primark. Uh, you catching any of this Vancouver? Yeah. <laughs> I know the songs, but I, I don't go to see them. I was, I mean, I was in this country at the time these bands were around, and I don't know them. So was Duncan from Blue. Oh, he was so I don't fit. know any bands. I don't. I don't get any of this music. No. Who were they, like your sexy boy bands when you were growing up? Soul Decision. Oh. Soul decision, and then there was oh, there was B four four. They had the they had They're the good. yeah. Do you remember? If you get down on me, I'll get down on you. <laughs> we could do anything nice that you scene. want me to. It's a game of give and take, so make it right. <laughs> so if you get down on me, I'll get down on you tonight. I would, would love to like improvise. Actually, oh, fuck no, I've, oh, it's come out of my mouth now. I would love to improvise a generic nineties boy band song. Hey girl, you're looking so fine. Looking like you just wanna be mine. Hey girl, you're feeling sexy tonight. I'm gonna take you out. I'm gonna show you the lights. Remix. It's too easy. It's pretty good. Like, hey girl, you're looking good. It was. Let's do things to each other. Oh, what else was there? Was treble charger was like the like the the angry. Um, sound they had a song called American Psycho <laughs> like the film yeah, it was like and now I know how far you'll go to be the next freak show American Psycho cover of the magazines <laughs> patron like state of trouble teens wish I never heard your name <laughs> there is uh, there how far a- can we get without getting a copyright flag on this uh, uh, as long as it, content ID is, is uh, it's parody an Fuck it, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, change par- the words very parody. slightly this is a review let's review that song quickly yeah. and then, yeah. then it's a review it's uh, a review now I didn't like it I hate yeah. it <laughs> there is, well, I, mean, I don't know it I think there was Our Lady Peace I think that was Our Lady Peace is probably oh, like that. yeah The I, now that I'm thinking of them I can't remember any of their actual songs like or how they go but I know that I can see Rain <laughs> That's his name, and he married Chantal Kravyatsik. Oh, it's not the weather; it's a person. Okay. Yeah, and I, I love Chantal Kravyatsik. Uh, and then, of course, like there a type was of pastry. Um, mm, delicious weather pastry. Mm. And Improv then, coming on. Uh, tragically hip, tragically hip. The yeah, absolute yeah, kings of tragically hip. Yeah, you it, don't it, know it, them. Actually, oh man, no. the tragically <gasps> hip—they're so good. And um, Gord died, and it was very sad. Oh. Yeah, there's always one of them. Like we had boys, like Stephen Gately from Boyzone died. Like that oh, was yeah. sad. Oh, was he like sad. he had like an undetected heart condition. Tragically hip. They, they weren't like a boy band so much as they were just like a band. Um, yeah. And they were boys in. Yeah, but they were, they were just wonderful. Men. They were they're men. men, but they're, they're just really wonderful, amazing um, Canadiana. And nice. uh, and Gord Downey had um, yeah he had, had an, a problem with his hip maybe. No. Oh. oh, tragically dead. <laughs> <laughs> I know their name's tragically hit, but it was actually remarkably sad when Gord died. He oh, had sure. a, he had a brain tumor that was inoperable, oh. and he did this. They uh, tragically hip did a huge like final last tour of Canada, oh. and then their final concert was broadcast live on air with no commercials on the CBC in Kingston, Ontario, which was their hometown. And Justin Trudeau went. And he showed up in a Canadian tuxedo, so he was like you know rocking the double denim. Nice, and then. Uh, um, Gord Downey took an opportunity to like single Justin Trudeau out and he was like hey you said you were going to do all these things for our indigenous populations you haven't done them yet I'm asking you with literally one of my dying breaths to do better for our native population oh, 
That's powerful. Yeah, man. Gordwin screwing around. He's so good. I love the Tragically Hip. So yeah, there's a Canadian band. My jaw is on the floor. Imagine like, sitting there in double denim being like dressed down by a pop star for wow, your terrible, right? for your bad politics. Who, did you, who were your sexy boy bands or your sexy girl bands growing up? Who was your first girl band crush? Oh. Um, probably one of the Sugar Babes. <laughs> one of the many. <laughs> Which one? They, they were there were quite a few. Are they real or animated? No, they were real. They're real. They're real people. It wasn't sugar. the Powerpuff Girls. Sugar spelled S U G A. Sugar oh, babes. Almost like sugar cane. One of their, one yeah. of their albums is surprisingly good. No, like, baby. No, it is. It doesn't have as much filler as you'd think. Oh. Like I mean I know it's like a shit sandwich with like only half of it is full of shit. But <laughs> that's one half is like egg mayonnaise. It's a shit song and a good song. Is uh, that just an opinionated thing? It is, definitely. Very yeah. Subjective. Um it is subjective, but uh, being someone who listens to a lot of music and studies it and things, I'm not more qualified. I, <laughs> I'm a white man. I trust I'm a own. white male. I'm confidently being a white male. <laughs> I just confidently, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But there's there's definitely, on pop albums, there is... Uh, there's bump. There's bump. There's a lot of yeah. things which are to make up the tracks, not to... Yeah, S Club 7, for me, had a lot of bump. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah and but never had a dream come true... Till the day that I found you, even though I pretend that I moved on. You're not. That was really good. That was on S Club Miami when they when they were in Miami. I loved S Club Seven. So oh, I watched it. I watched I, that show. About, I think I've told this story on this podcast. I was holding my leg as if to say, "Shut the fuck no, up." No, sorry, that oh, was not meant to be. A, that was not <laughs> meant up. to be a. a uh, what a pacifying oh okay well when I, I think I've told this story in the podcast before but I've met Emma Bunton's dad from the Spice Girls yeah. well you met a man who said he was on Emma Bunton's well dad. yeah that's true his name is Trevor Bunton he's a removals guy oh yeah didn't we do a scene about this with like oh, yeah, Robert totally De Niro's oh yeah we did <laughs> Robert De Niro's yeah, totally dad did. yeah 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 um, I've met Emma Bunton's dad but he took one look at me and was like yep you're the age of yes. those girls that were screaming yeah that's that's who you are now you're if one it, of them if it was a scam he wasn't getting a lot out of it no he really wasn't he had nothing to gain really apart yeah. from me just being like oh my god um and being really excited but he had some very nice teeth and i was like your teeth are nice and he was like thanks emma bought them for me i was gonna say <laughs> did she buy them? yeah yeah she bought him some teeth and i think she bought her mom a house um mm. somewhere i can't remember um and we were like hanging out in a storage unit in brent cross and i was like i like your teeth and he was like emma bunton bought them for me i was like what is my life like <laughs> what is this this is the weirdest thing that's ever happened but it was great and then i had a fried breakfast after that so Nice. All around a good, solid day. I love the way you remember things. Yes, thanks, Debbie. Fried breakfast. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I had that this morning. Oh, nice. Sunday. We just had a bagel. We're still recording all of our episodes on a Sunday, and this is surprisingly energetic yeah, in comparison is. to our last Yeah, there, was, there have been a couple where we're like, yeah, so welcome back. To- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in the middle of the fringe. Like, for people who are listening, I'm not sure when this episode's going to go out, but uh, we, are currently list- we are currently recording this towards the end of May, so the end of Brighton Fringe. Yeah. Um, we did our show between the sorry, the second week of the Brighton Fringe. We've had a whole week off now, and I think we're just about recovered. Yeah. It was extremely well received. Yes. Yeah, yeah it was great. It was. I loved it. Ah, yeah, Gillian came and she cackled, which was um, <laughs> one of my favorite things. It was about fun. It. it was it was really good. There were um, yeah. people people were saying really positive things. Yeah, it was really nice. Give us a whole. sample. Because uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, sure, I've got, no problem. I've got the script. I've right got, literally got the script right here. Excellent. Um, what, sh- um, what scene should we do? Uh, should we do um, the um, the scene with Mycroft in the car? The first, the second scene. Second scene, yeah. Yeah. Or should we do the Toby Gregson and Toby? Let's do the Believe Me bit. Which scene's that? This t- scene three with Toby Gregson and Mycroft. 
All right, police yeah. interrogation room. Yeah, the police interrogation room. There you go. Do so, stage directions. Yeah, this sure. is uh, excerpt from Shit Scripts, Bad Manners. Recently finished at the Brighton. Uh, directed by Annie Harris. <laughs> Scene three, police interrogation room. Mycroft is sitting down on one side of a table. He is tallish, thin, and built like a boxer. Can I do Mycroft? Yeah, of course you can. Thank God. Yes. So not only is he, not only is he, he's tallish, and thin. And built like a boxer, so a very Ooh. slim boxer. Yeah, um, you, get also, like, you get like featherweight boxers. We've also yeah. we've also recently met Mycroft in a previous scene, and this is the first time he's being described. So um, he has a prim manner and a soft, polite, silver-tongued voice. The officer is Lieutenant Toby Gregson, or Lieutenant, I should say, Lieutenant Toby Gregson Jr., a big, gruff man, older than Mycroft, with a harsh voice but a quick mind, honed when he was a boy by S. Holmes himself <laughs> in the Baker Street detective latter years. Mycroft is still in the dinner suit, which is torn in several places. The bloodstain has faded to a dull brown. Um, so my ex, uh, who was at the time of writing this, a 15-year-old boy, has been very kind and given us a technical note here. It says, simple change of costume, question mark, or chemical in fake blood that changes colour. <laughs> and to shoot some muddy. <laughs> I was like, you could just fucking use real blood because that will change colour yeah. pretty pretty damn quick. So, uh, Toby, Toby... Uh, oh, I'll be Toby if you want yeah. to be Mycroft. Yeah. Sure. So Toby says... It must have been a damn good lie you told the poor bastard. We found you in Berlin. Mycroft sneers. You really believe the words meant anything at all? You think that it would have made any difference if I had told him that the reason we were going to Germany was that a bloody great <laughs> elephant had told me to? Do you, Lieutenant? He says sweetly and sarcastically. It is, Lieutenant, isn't it? <laughs> Lieutenant Toby Gregson Jr., son of the great... Back to the point, Mr. Mycroft. Oh, believe me, if they had a degree in pure evil, you'd be calling me a doctor. <laughs> oh, my God. No matter. My point was simply that the skills afforded by my hobby came in useful. Oh, sorry, the hobby is in inverted commas. Yes, yeah. No matter. My point... <laughs> my, Say that no again. No matter. My point was simply that with the skills... Oh, this is that terrible sentence with an extra with. No matter. My point was that simply that the, the skills, skills afforded by my hobby... hobby Came in useful when persuading like, him. Your hobby, says Hobbies. Like, Even though I just said hobby. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to list them? Uh, I have many. Should I list them? Oh, yes, yes yeah. I should. Coercion. Terrorism. <laughs> torture. Sadism. Killing. Maiming. Tiny pause for comedic effect. Lawn bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and that's bad manners. <laughs> So my ex wrote that script when he was 15. It's an hour of that. We projected it onto the back wall and had people read it while we tried to act it out and made sense of all of the bad typos and terrible stage directions and the non sequiturs. It's kind of like someone described it as like a modern day farce. I was like, that's really yeah. accurate. It was have, really fun. I have new questions now. Go. Which, uh, well, okay, so in that scene... Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, the detective's like, you must have told him quite the lie for us to find you in Berlin. But then, spoiler alert, we find out that those two people are the same. Yeah. So what is he talking about? We don't know. We tried. Oh, like, <laughs> we had a Q&A on the Saturday um, with Zach, who was uh, present via WhatsApp message. And everyone was like, but what about this? What about this? He's like, I don't know. Like, it's 15 years ago. Don't try and think too much. It's like Brecht or Beckett stuff. Just like, don't think about it too much. Just just, just let it wash over. Let it wash over you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I did try to make sense of it and put all of the loops and the links and all the things together. And I actually went insane. I think I had to be committed. Like, <laughs> It was it was 
terrible like it was a really hard period of my life and I actually dropped the whole project for a while because I was like there's no way I can make this there's no way I can make this work and then I had just a read through with what I had tried to do and everyone was like it's too complicated just strip it back just read the script the the, the fun the comedy is in the the script you don't need to add anything to it and that was the real rebirth of the of the project and I was like yeah shit like let's just let's just fucking do it let's strip it right back I loved but I left it being like I have so many questions about the characters where are the chocolates what happened to Priscilla <laughs> you never see her again why why there I is a whole bu- there's a whole bunch of named characters at the beginning that do never not need names <laughs> also, the show is called bad manners and the first scene is set in like a posh manner like yeah. a posh Mycroft manner or something. yeah Mycroft manner but there's that kind of like vibe like that dinner party vibe is never seen again no ever after that it's like Robert Downey Jr.'s Sherlock Holmes <laughs> <laughs> I was really pleased when you came because I we had on Friday night we on the Friday night we had a standing ovation and we had press in and I was like fuck yeah like absolutely so happy and then Gillian came on to like everyone like all of my friends who were like oh I'll try and catch it you know Sunday was last night so I had loads of lovely friends here who were just so supportive and then the review came out and it was like less than favorable mm. like it was it was not a bad review but it certainly wasn't a good review it yeah. was like this is a th- and also the show we've discovered is mostly suited to like pub goers and students and like party animals like it's a raucous fun silly night out with like yeah. nudity and like stupid puns and pranks and that kind of thing and then I had some guy probably in his like late 40s early 50s come and review it so he was like it's not funny it's just very silly and all the laughs are really all the gags are really cheap but then I looked at all of his other reviews and he reviews like Macbeth at the old church by a youth group and I was like dude you're not our market like why yeah, did the, you come yeah like why did you come and then I was telling Jillian about this because it's the first bad review like it's the first time I've had a bad review or something that's my baby so I was like oh this is a real milestone it wasn't a bad review well it, it wasn't was a good mi- review it was a middling it wasn't a good review yeah. baby Let's, like, no, there's no, no quotes that can come out of that review okay. <laughs> if anyone actually read it they'd be like hmm, you could okay. take the it, it- it was funny, kind of, and just chopped the kind of off. Yeah, sure. <laughs> the end. Yeah, he was like, it was funny, it kind was of. funny, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. yeah, it was funny by BN1. That See, sometimes if you get a shitty review, though, I have friends who put their bad reviews on their posters. So if it's like, Amazing. you get five stars from The Age and, and, you know, five stars from Broadway Baby and then two stars from, you know, Somebody you Kevin's blog. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you, just, you put it on there and it's like, this is the best. This is amazing. Uh, we had a it didn't appeal to me specifically a straight white man you know <laughs> like we had a we had that's a brilliant idea we had a really lovely review from a theater blog actually who reviews yep. a lot of theater and a lot of new theater a lot of devised like sort of stuff that's outside of the box and progressive and this guy was like i like macbeth it's a, and also i said to jillian this guy has reviewed like macbeth and he's called it a poem and jillian who has a master's in shakespeare from lambda was like oh get fucked like get all the way fucked i got no time for people like that <laughs> um, I like the bit in Macbeth where there's obviously a scene missing or like an act when Lady Macbeth just goes, Oh, I'm different now. I'm completely insane. <laughs> oh, I've changed characters. So go fuck yourself. You have I to have... set it up. Surely you set up her like losing her mind earlier. Why though? She's a lady. Exactly. Or if she's gonna she's if mercurial. she's gonna lose it. If she's gonna lose it, then you set it up earlier. Or of yeah. her having some regret about what she did. Yeah. No, yeah. she just goes completely fucking insane. She just goes, yes. Yeah. yeah. And also a lot of people think yeah, that... Daenerys, right? Maybe it was lost. Maybe. Or people coming away from Macbeth thinking that Macbeth is the hero. Like, what fucking play were you reading? What part? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I, we're all looking at Gillian like, what's Gillian going to say? Well, <laughs> I encounter because my my shows are very critical of Shakespeare. Well, two of them are uh, She Wolf and Ten Things I Hate About Taming of the Shrew. Ten very things, critical of Shakespeare. Yeah, very very <laughs> critical of Shakespeare. Um, and I get people who get real cranky at me for doing that because right. oh, there's, yeah. there's a lot of people. Um, just the same way I get people who yell at me because they think I'm American, Brilliant. like uh, which happens. Um, like even I was in York last weekend and I was walking down the street and I was I was talking to some other people and I was there for the York International Shakespeare Festival. I was talking to this Polish duo who did like a really interesting a Midsummer Night's Dream interpretation, mm-hmm. and then we were we were going to McDonald's because we're you know professional artists. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the glamour! Uh, yeah, so, so glamorous. Um, and uh, and I was just talking to them, and all of a sudden, this man on the street he stopped, and he was. I'm not even going to try to do the accent because was it York? Was it from yes. York? Was it taught like this? Yeah, yeah. it all sounded like Sean Bean. Um, <laughs> But he was just like, when you get home, tell Mr. Trump that we're going to have another revolution and we're starting it because of people like you. And I was ah! like, dude, Whoa, Canadian, fuck? Canadian. Also, and it- also, you don't have a direct, Americans don't have a direct line to the president. Also, I feel like that could be a line in, like, hang on. I feel, I feel like that could be a line in bad manners. When you get home, tell Mr. Trump, okay, so he thinks you're American, that we're going to start a revolution because of people like you. So what, yeah. does, so what does that mean? That he liked you or didn't like you? Just say, bow. But it's <laughs> like, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah, like, I, I can't tell from but how that sentence so, is put together. So aggressive, and I was like, "Dude, I'm Canadian." He goes, "Oh, sorry about that. Sorry, 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 sorry." And that's what happens every single what, time. So he was fine with yeah, but so, so as like, long as you're American, I, I got yelled at in, in <laughs> Melbourne too. And this guy, um, he just, he's just, just like, "You, you're what's wrong with the world? Apathetic white ladies that voted for Trump. Donald Trump's going to turn America into a third world country. He's going to blow up the planet, and it's your fault." I was like. Whoa, First bro. of all, it's already a third world country. Yeah, like, I was like, dude, I'm Canadian. <laughs> and he was just like, oh, sorry about that. Love, sorry, darling. Bloody love Canada. And so I I get yelled at a lot. <laughs> what? I get yelled at for, for, being, for people thinking I'm American and then apologize to when they find out I'm Canadian. But then I also get people who yell at me because I'm critical of Shakespeare. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Like the- ooh, circled it back. Uh, <laughs> but so like I encountered this one woman um, in Edinburgh. I actually didn't encounter her my producer did so I did this uh-huh. uh, storytelling gig and that uh, my wonderful producer Heather Ralph had booked me on but then I had to run and go do my show so Heather stayed to like schmooze for me mm-hmm. and this this person was very excited about the story I had told and really wanted to see my show and she liked my work so Heather gave her my flyer for She-Wolf which is about Queen Margaret of Anjou who was a real person but ended up as a character in four of Shakespeare's history plays where she was wildly misrepresented so I play her back when dead mad as hell so she saw the, the flyer and she got very upset she was like Shakespeare never misrepresented any of his characters. What the fuck? And Heather was like, "How would you know?" Excuse you? Yeah. And he was like, "He had nothing, nothing but the highest of respect for women." And she was like, "What's wrong with you?" And, and she was like, "Shakespeare." Yeah, and she was like, "He didn't represent um, Margaret as evil at all." And Heather was like, "That's your opinion, but did you read those plays? Because yeah, he does, right? <laughs> like she's she's evil incarnate. She's a far more scary character than than Lady Macbeth. Yeah. She's murdering children. She's just like." starting wars she's doing everything out of spite everything out of pure pettiness um and, and this woman was like no how, how dare she how dare she question the bar oh my god if ah! what how dare she's like, 
what it's above criticism yeah that's i've met bullshit. several people who truly honestly like this is an accept an accepted tenant of our society and of our collective literary history and so you, it's so you should never be examined you can never you can never question it and and i find it drives me crazy because you encounter people like that who are trying to retroactively put modern morals and ethics on these people to say yeah. no shakespeare he was secretly a feminist he was secret you don't he wasn't secretly anything no, no. he was what he was calm your tits right and so this this woman also she goes to she was like how dare she say that where did she even train and heather went lambda where'd you train and the woman went never mind it doesn't matter. <laughs> but the thing is is it doesn't matter it shouldn't matter if you went to a fancy school or not everyone should be allowed to question and look critically at the things that we are being mm. presented yeah, yeah. with as if it should just be accepted fact mm. and i think that's really important i think it's your duty as a citizen not just with with works of of literature or fiction or art but with everything look at everything with a critical eye and Absolutely. be like yeah things well, aren't, can't be above yeah, criticism what, what yeah. can what can someone gain from this so even with with something like a Shakespearean play, what can be gained? Well, the patriarchy continue, continue to be sustained because yeah. we look at it as if it's, this is a tenant and how these people are portrayed is how it has to be. And and so I, I know that that's a, a very... All the roles like, are played by men. Yeah, a, re, a really specific way of looking at it, but also it's true. Yeah. So if you look at Shakespeare with a bit of a critical eye, you can look at everything with a bit of a critical eye. Who Who seeks to gain things from what's being thrown at us and I think that's really important um, so have you heard about his daughter what about his daughter she, she tried to be her own playwright oh I didn't hear about that yeah. oh, that's so interesting. didn't get a lot of support I've been to her I've been to her house in Stratford-upon-Avon that she so I went I did the like Shakespeare's birthplace tour with my friends a few years back and you go to um, Anne Hathaway's cottage first and then you go to Shakespeare's birthplace. Then you go to Shakespeare's house that he bought, like after he made it big. And then you go to his daughter's house that she had with her husband. Um, and she was a really, really interesting character. I was mm-hmm. like, shit. But she married like this super rich, I think it was like a doctor or a physician or something. And it was just like, she was just known as his wife and Shakespeare's daughter. So the fact that this woman's like, Shakespeare was a feminist. I was like, mm, no. Yes. Well, fe- no, feminism didn't not. exist at that time. And so it just, it, 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 it drives me crazy when it was in- the beginning after it there was a movement yeah. during his period and then continuing on where women were starting to force themselves into the theater by pretending to be men and, mm-hmm. and doing that's, all of that stuff it, it, oh, it just the idea of and it's something i learned when i was in university i did this really intense program called the foundation year program at university of king's college where you study the history mm. of western thought and philosophy mm-hmm. so you start with ancient mesopotamia and you work your way forward Jesus. Um, Vast. by um yeah by reading primary texts yep. so no secondary texts um and we had like a three-hour lecture every day and then a two-hour tutorial afterwards and you had a 2000 word paper due every other week like it was it, it was an intense program and i loved it but i learned a lot and one of the things that my main tutor was always getting after people on was the way we would judge people with modern morals and ethics and try to apply our modern morals and ethics to times when those things didn't apply they were different there was and it's it's hard for us to to think no there was a just a, a completely foreign and different method of thought and different method of being and you can't apply modern morals and ethics on the past and so you can love that work as much as you want but please stop trying to retroactively make it into something that's more mm. palatable to your modern sensibilities it is what it is and you can acknowledge you can love it as long as you acknowledge how problematic it is if you continue to say that it is relevant in our current times so one of the things I talked about to 
to some of the Shakespeare people I met at York International Shakespeare Festival because I hate Taming of the Shrew. I hate it. Yep. I think it's stupid. I think it's it's vile. It's full of violence. It's full of misogyny. And um, and and the dude I was talking to was like, well, what if you do it with all men? And I was like, excuse you? Um, <laughs> because it, there's so much abject violence against women in it. He was like, well, what if it's all men? I'm like, because violence against trans people isn't a thing? Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, no, no, but it's because, it's because Shakespeare would have performed it with all men, so that's the way it's supposed to be. You can't do that. You can't apply that modern context of violence against trans people to this play. And I was like... No, you have to, especially if that is the play you're choosing to perform now in 2019, and that's the way you're trying or the way you're choosing to perform it. You have no right to say that it is completely removed from the context of our current society where trans people, non-binary people, and even just drag performers are bashed and beaten up and murdered on a regular basis. You cannot remove that context. So I don't want to hear it, man. Just mm-hmm. like ha- have a think about what it is you're putting out into the world and does this apply and is this a story we need to hear? Sorry, I went on a tangent. No, that's fine. Good, tangent, that's, that's definitely. <clears throat> so I suppose that's a really good time for you to tell us about what you're up to at the moment. Yeah. Like what, what you're saying. So yeah. this is coming out. Let's have a look. Um, oh, you've traveled thousands, fill thousands fill of miles. <laughs> I, uh, I've spent a lot of time on planes and trains and buses in the last seventeen Blossom weeks. Blossom is being incredibly cute. It's very sweet. Um, at this point, oh, we didn't do that. That one didn't get recorded. So this point is coming out the eighth of July. Eighth of July. So, uh, ooh, the eighth of July, I will be um, just getting ready to do Bondi Feast yep. in Sydney. So that's I'm doing Drag Queen Stole My Dress there, which is cool. my show about how I called off my wedding when I was 24. I do it in my wedding dress, which doesn't fit because that was a decade ago and Mama got fat. Um, <laughs> it fit up until I stopped playing football at a semi pro level, and then it shrunk. I didn't get bigger; it shrunk. Um. But I have lost 13 kilos, so we'll try it back on. Uh, I feel like I'm going to have to lose another 13 for it. Uh, so that'll be Bondi Feast and I'm coming over and I think I'm doing, honestly, I would have to check with Heather to see which show I'm doing where, but just know that it's either Drag Queen Stole My Dress or 10 Things I Hate About Taming of the Shoe. One of them. Um, at, I'm doing, I'm performing it at the Greenwich Theatre in their oh, like wow. Edinburgh Fringe Preview Fest that I'm doing um, Morecambe Fringe. Mm-hmm. Then uh, the Drayton Arms in London. Then I'm doing... Buxton. I'm performing She-Wolf in a cave for a week. Then I'm doing the Guilford Fringe, where I'm doing both. I know I'm doing both there. And then I'm doing the Greater Manchester Fringe. And then I'm going up to Edinburgh, where I'll be doing Drag Queen Stole My Dress and 10 Things I Hate About Taming of the Shrew in the Voodoo Rooms. 10 Things at 6 o'clock and um, Drag Queen at 7.20 for the whole festival. And then I'm going to Halifax immediately after that. So if anyone in Nova Scotia is listening, I'll be bringing 10 Things I Hate About Taming of the Shrew to the Neptune Theatre. So for Halifax ha- in Canada. Hall- yeah. Halifax Fringe um, back in Nova Scotia I want some poutine uh, <laughs> um, uh, so I'm there from uh, August 29th until September the 8th and then I'm flying back down to Sydney to do Sydney Fringe where I'll be on from September 11th to the 15th with my new show You're a Good Man Dr. Pirate which I have not yet written I was going to say how do you have time to rehearse it Oh, rehearsals. <laughs> That's what the show's for. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I'm exhausted just listening to this. this and then, insane. yeah, then I'm doing the Melbourne Fringe from, I'll be at the Cooper's Inn from September 
20th to the 27th and then I'm done for the year oh, wow. yay, yay. Well get done. to go to bed That's, well if you chuck us um, a link to things online it'll just it be my website. website just go to my website which is today's chore <laughs> <laughs> put that on so yeah oh, link in the show notes it's so I have questions because yeah. I want to know how did you get going with how did like how did you get on the circuit did you just start small and then get bigger yeah always start small I've had a couple of my friends be like oh I'm gonna start touring like you and they're like in the process of writing their first show and I'm just like oh slow your roll um because I have seven solo shows now seven solo shows and a children's show um I started I read Mindy Kaling's book is everyone hanging out without me and other concerns and I loved her play Matt and Ben which is a play she wrote for the New York Fringe with, with her friend Brenda Withers about Matt Damon and Ben Affleck when they were writing Goodwill Hunting. It's hilarious. Amazing. It's, it's such an amazing play. And and whenever it's done now, because um, Mindy played Ben and Brenda played Matt, it's always performed by women in oh, drag. Fabulous. It's so fun. So much fun. So I played, it was the very first play I ever produced, and I played Ben Affleck, and my friend Amanda Whitney played Matt Damon. Um, but she was just like, if you're a young actor, uh, a young female actor, and you're trying you're having a really hard time being cast write yourself the ideal role in the ideal play and then do it at fringes because that's they did matt and ben at the new york fringe it did really well it won awards they someone picked it up took it to la she ended up having a meeting and getting a a staff writing job on the office all of her success goes back to writing this play and, and and working really hard with it so i was like i can do that i can do a fringe show but i was i wasn't confident in my writing abilities at the time so i talked to my friend ned petrie and and dave tishauer and we wrote they wrote and i helped a play called love in the time of time machines which is super fun i don't know if we'll ever do it again but god it was fun that sounds fun it is it was such a fun show so we did that at the montreal fringe at the halifax fringe and at the frigid festival in new york which is a a calf style fringe in the middle of the winter in new york city and it, it went really well but uh, traveling with people and working in an ensemble was because I was doing all the production work it got really frustrating I, I love those two but <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you get to know people in well, a way they, you they never just, wanted they, they didn't um, they had no interest in the production side and it ended up being a lot of work and, and I was paying for their production but then at the end I, I felt bad not splitting whatever like ticket sales we came that came in equally but then the ticket sales weren't necessarily profits that was that was gross not net and so I ended up in the hole so after that I and I had a story to tell I I'd canceled my wedding and I had this wedding dress that my mom wanted to get rid of um, so I wrote Drag Queen Stole My Dress and, and I started doing that and I did it again at like Canadian Fringes and um, uh, the Frigid Festival in New York and then I was feeling I was in Toronto and I didn't like it there I'd been in Toronto for seven years I felt very stuck I felt very stagnant so I ended up touring Australia I did the Fringe Circuit there because I had a lot of Aussie friends who toured the Canadian Circuit and I went down, I was like, oh, this is good. I like it here. And I had a lot of opportunity and people were paying me to do things that, you know, you just simply would never get paid for in Canada. I went back to Canada and um, I realized that no one really gave a shit about my career over there. Mm. And that just because I was somewhere wasn't a good enough reason to stay somewhere. Mm. So I applied for a work holiday visa to Australia and I left. And that was about three years ago. And I tried to get a normal person job at first when I first went to Australia because it's I was like, okay, I have to get an apartment. I have to get a job. I have to, I have to do these things. And then I realized that if I just relocated the life I had in Toronto to Melbourne, that wasn't actually much of a change at all. That's just doing the same thing somewhere else. Yeah. So I just leaned really hard into touring, into um, uh, doing stand up and and whatever creative work I could that paid. And I've just essentially been on the road. 
I don't want to say nonstop because I usually sometimes I'll have like two or three months off, but pretty much nonstop for the last three years. Um, And when I'm when I'm not on tour, I'm at home in Tasmania with my boyfriend and our idiot dog. And I run the fringe at the edge of the world there because we didn't have a fringe festival and fringe is really important to me. So I made one Um, and our applications open June 1st. So if this is July the 8th, then you can definitely apply. Check out fringe at the edge of the world dot com dot au. How do you fund it all, though? Oh, um, we don't. So we're looking for funding this year. She sells her blood. (laughs) No, what I did was um, I I ran the entire festival for about $2,000 last year, whatever people's rego fees were. So I keep the admin fees really, really low. Um, No, it's a no frills festival. And I like the Canadian model where a festival is not there to make a profit. So I I have a lot of issues with the Australian models. Like I I love it because I'm able to earn... A living but when you look at your ticketing breakdown and you see how much you sold and then you realize that you're only getting half of that because so many people have their fingers in your pie ooh, it makes me cranky mm-hmm. so i personally don't earn a penny and the festival doesn't earn a penny it's there specifically to support the artist yeah but over the three years you've been doing this oh i only just started friends at the edge of the world just this year no i know but as as a performer doing yeah. your show how, do, oh, how you, do i earn money how did you manage to fund all the trips and staying at places and doing oh so festivals? you sleep on people's air mattresses on their floor hi <laughs> um, <laughs> you you book your flights as early as possible so you get the best discount make sure that you have a really good frequent flyer program i'm with velocity velocity um if anyone at velocity wants to give me some extra points velocity points frigate's amazing uh i'm velocity silver i'll probably be velocity gold by this year uh which i'm very excited about um fancy lady you hustle your buns you gotta work i barely is there like a book out there that tells you about how to do this sort of stuff or is it i mean if there is i don't know about it exactly i just i got one right here yeah um, you write the book yeah i do I do run workshops at, at uh, Fringe at the Edge of the World about how to tour and how to write a show and how to how to try. Look, it's not it's not necessarily sustainable for a long time. I'm really lucky I don't have to pay rent because my boyfriend owns our house. Um, so I kind of see the, the money I spend on flights as my rent. Um, and then but it is it's a hustle. I have merch. Merch makes a big difference. I would say about 10% of my income comes from merchandise. So I try to make sure that whatever I'm eating or drinking, uh, I pay for that with merch money. So if nobody buys a button, then I ain't drinking that night. Um, Yeah, and it's just, uh, you just got to learn how to hustle. So things are like... What, what's your what's your graphic design like? What does your poster look like? Does it look like a, a church flyer or does it look like something that's really professional? How how good are your um, your photographic images? Is it something that's going to be published by a paper um, and like a big newspaper? Uh, you know, what what's your online marketing like? Do you have a good idea of how to have targeted ads on Facebook, targeted ads on Instagram? What's your social media game like? Uh, it's just a matter of staying on top of it. I do three hours of admin every day, no matter what. I don't really have an option. It, it has to happen because uh, there's just too much work to do. So it's you, you got to be dedicated. You got to do the work and you got to keep showing up. And when you're tired, well, take a nap, but then... You know, the, the work the work has to get done and the work <laughs> has to come first. So it's because uh, people think I live an exciting and, gl- and glamorous life in show business, which I do not. All right. A nine and a half hour bus ride 
from Bath to York with an hour stopover in Leeds. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Uh, No, it's not glamorous, but it is a lot of fun and it is all I've ever wanted. And whenever I do get really tired and I'm like, oh, I want to be here. I want to go home. I remind myself that five years ago I would have killed for this life. So I just need to... um, You just need to keep doing it's a good the work. Perspective to put on it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you, Debbie? Thanks me? For oh, now Thank I have to talk. So about, much, no, yeah. I'm so used to talking about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep it on you. I'm okay. So this is going out in July, so I have to change my tactic oh, right. slightly. So I'm doing Shirley. Um, Shirley is my siren. And ah, yes. Mm-hmm. I think I talked about her last time. Yeah, you yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. So she's swimming again, but she's at Hastings Fringe, um, and she's going to be doing uh, the twenty, the nineteenth on the rocks uh, for four. I can't speak. Now. See, now I just want to listen. <laughs> for Claremont Hastings. Um, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing Songs from the Heart here in Brighton at Bar Broadway on July 21st. Oh, I love Bar Broadway. See, I've never been there Bar, yet. Bar, Bar Broadway. See? We've been listening too long. <laughs> um, yeah, and then I'm sure there's other things. Oh, okay. Nope, that's not happening. I can't say that one because that's oh. going to be after thing. But I also have voiceover Brighton in Sussex. If anybody wants to find out about it, find us on Facebook and oh. join us. Um, yeah, we're a local group that's trying to support voiceover people because awesome. there isn't anything. I do yeah. love a good bit of voiceover. Yeah, yeah, as you can tell, I'm a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I used to do a lot of voiceover stuff, but since I moved to Australia, they're just like, Lauren wants your voice <laughs> No one's interested yeah. in that. Oh. Oh. We can do the American thing here. They don't. They're really good at the American. One of my friends. Uh, one of my friends is from New Zealand and she um, is she is here but she works as a voiceover artist and she does pretty much all of the stuff that's Australian or like wildlife based in the UK like she does the IT like the voiceovers for I'm a Celebrity on ITV like where they send celebrities to a so celebrities inverted commas celebrities to a jungle uh, and they yeah. live off snails with for a week with five star hotel yeah. off by the camera yeah right um, she's she's done she's done so well uh, mm-hmm. which is probably not the right story to tell after you just told that one that's but, fine yeah. <laughs> I'm good at other things you totally you totally totally are have you got anything to plug in uh, July um, yeah we're going to Edinburgh um, we are yeah. we're going to Edinburgh from the 23rd to the 26th so I'm going to be performing in imaginary porno charades at Sweet um, every night that night uh, sorry that, any, that block is there only one Sweet uh, there is uh, I think it's the one on Grass Market I think it is what yeah. happens in imaginary porno charades so imaginary porno charades is uh, charades yeah is uh, a game of charades but it is instead of um, film and song and book titles and so uh. on it's the porno version of that so last night I had to um uh, charade a uh, what was it shaving Mr. Wanks for saving Mr. Banks um, that's fine yeah um, someone had to improv- someone had to charade shitty titty bang bang um, <laughs> which was pretty good mama um and uh yeah so i'll be doing that from the 23rd to the 26th and also we're doing shit scripts uh on the 25th at sweet on the grass market and that's at 9 uh 9 30 i think yeah it was the same time as brighton so 9 30 uh on the 25th brilliant of august (laughs) just make that abundantly clear of august uh i don't have anything well, shit scripts I'm, shit scripts I'm, I'm there as well I'm, I'll plug this podcast if you want to leave us a five star review on iTunes it's really helpful it really helps people see it if you uh, do leave us a five star review on iTunes you'll be automatically entered into a draw to win some fancy contrived and insufferable merch there's, there's reviews on there now but because we can't see we them we can't see them because <laughs> there aren't enough you have to have a certain number of reviews before you can see any of them which I think is weird bullshit it's bizarre um, yeah do you like to you can there's permanent markers there if you want. yeah um, the weird pens in this place <laughs> yeah I've got a lot of pens uh 
Jillian, if you want to sign the table as well. Oh, yeah. okay. Everyone signs the table. Signs table. Everyone who's been there can okay. sign the table. Blossom's signing it right now. Oh, that's so cute. Um, if yeah. you want a little uh, contrived and sufferable button, yeah, then you can also feel free to uh, take they a may, They may be available to the to the listeners at some point as well. Mm. We've got, uh, got, got a couple lying around. So That was a noise. We've got oh. 480, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, uh, thank you for listening to Contrived and Sufferable. Uh, I'm I was your host Sam Ray. I was here with Annie Harris. Whoop whoop, oh, whoop, whoop. clean me. No normal, please. Bye bye. Thank, thank you. That's better. Uh, I was here with Debbie Bridge. Oh, am I going to be posh now? <laughs> Goodbye. Well, have you can be whoever, Goodbye. whomever you wish. Terribly uh, sorry. Terribly sorry. And uh, Jillian English. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.